Hello bullish people and welcome to another episode of the Guy with a Wallet podcast. My name is Ahmed aka Guy with a Wallet and here I talk about the crypto market, decentralization and personal finance. This is a reading of a blog post titled Blockchain Explained, a simple introduction to the blockchain technology from guywithawallet.com. This is being recorded on May 24th. Uh, 2022 so if you're on the blog after this date you may see some changes let's go If you don't know what the blockchain is, you're definitely not alone. Many people have problems understanding cryptocurrencies and their value because they don't truly understand the blockchain technology and how game-changing it is. But the good news is that you're in the right place to start learning some basics. So here's blockchain explained. Blockchain is a digital ledger or database slash registry that is run by a network of computers with a peer-to-peer or P2B configuration, meaning it's distributed. It also uses cryptography to secure the whole network and make it immutable. If you find this short description a bit confusing, you're not the only one, and that's why I'm gonna explain it word by word. What's a ledger? Ledger is something like a notebook that's used to keep track of all expenses, income, and accounts. If you were to make a personal ledger, it would probably look something like this. If you're on the blog or my YouTube channel, you can see an image uh, titled My Financial Ledger. But if you're listening to the podcast, it has four columns. These columns are date, details, amount paid, and amount received. In the first row, we have January 1st as the date. We have utility bill as detail. And we have $100 as amount paid. On January 2nd, we have revenue, X account, and $500 on the amount received. If this was on paper in an actual book, it would be a traditional ledger. If it was on a computer and in a digital format, like in a spreadsheet, it would be a digital ledger. So considering the current technology, for most intents and purposes, blockchain is a list of transactions and some other data in a digital format. What's a peer-to-peer or P2P network of computers? You've probably heard of connecting two or more computers so that they can share some files or share access to a device like a printer. This is usually done by using cables or Wi-Fi if the computers are in close proximity or by using the internet. By doing this, you would build a simple network. Now, if in this network no member had extra permissions or extra responsibilities compared to the others, you can say that it's a P2P network. In this method of configuration, there is no main server and the workload, all the computing tasks done by the network, is distributed among the members which are sometimes called nodes. So all peers share some of their own resources, like a portion of their hard drives, bandwidth, processing power of their CPU or GPU, etc. 
and get access to the pool of all resources which is made available to every member of the network. This means that the blockchain is a series of nodes or computers that are connected to each other but none of them has control over the whole network. If you're on the blog or my YouTube channel, you can see a simple representation of a P2P configuration. What do these computer nodes actually do? The main role of these computers running the blockchain is to make the whole network more secure by building upon the encryption and to validate the data like list of transactions etc in each new block. This all happens through consensus which is achieved by different methods in different blockchains. And the people running the nodes usually get some kind of reward for their participation. For example, if I want to send you some money using a blockchain, the nodes would check if I have enough money for the amount I want to send plus the transaction fee. And if a majority of them agreed that everything was alright, they would put my transaction with the others that are happening around the same time and record all of them in a new block. They would also seal and secure this block and attach it to the previous one. Then the copy of the whole chain would be updated in each and every node. So what do we have till here? A digital ledger distributed among many computers. All of these computers or nodes help in the task of processing this ledger and none of them can control the whole ledger by itself. They do everything by consensus. Each node also has a complete copy of the ledger so that it can't be lost or corrupted if something happens to one of the nodes participating in the network. Now let's move on to the next part. What is cryptography? When you were a child, did you have a secret language that no one understood but you and your friends? What you were trying to say was in your regular language but you would change it into something else. Then your friend would read or hear that something else and decode it in their brain or maybe on a piece of paper to get the original message. You can say that these kinds of secret languages encrypt the message so that no one can understand it without knowing the language or how to decrypt the message. This is a very simple example of cryptography. There are many methods and algorithms or ciphers used for encryption, some of them safer and harder to crack than the others, and all of them are used for making information more secure. This is not a new thing though. Encryption has been around for many years. If you've ever watched a spy thriller set in the Second World War era, for example, you definitely know what I'm talking about. Blockchain uses encryption so that people can send information or money to each other safely. This kind of encryption means that no one other than the intended receiver can see or use the original information because only he or she has the key to decrypt the received message. Each user of the blockchain has his or her own set of keys to make use of this feature. If I were to use a blockchain, I would have two keys, one public key for encryption and one private key for decryption. Anyone who wanted to send me something would use my public key to encrypt it. After receiving, I would use my private key to decrypt the information. So my two keys would function together to make sure that no one could decrypt the message intended for me without my consent.
Additionally, my public key would double as my identity on the blockchain like a username, so I could remain anonymous if I wanted to. Everyone would be able to see my public address and verify how much money I have on that address, but no one would know who I really am. This is how blockchain can provide anonymity and transparency at the same time. There is also another kind of cryptographic security called the hash function. The main difference between hashing and regular encryption is that you can decrypt the data after it's encrypted if you have a key. But the hash function is a one-sided operation and once you hash any information, the only way to produce the original information would be guessing, which is near impossible with the complex algorithms used today. The other difference is that you can put any kind of information or even file through a hashing algorithm and you would always get a string of letters and numbers as the result. This reduces the final size of your data and the time needed for encrypting it dramatically. And it's the reason why you can record a lot of transactions in one relatively small block. To understand hashing better, you can try it yourself. One of the oldest encryption algorithms used for securing information is the SHA-1 or Secure Hashing Algorithm 1. And if you were to encrypt the word hello with SHA-1, you would get this result. AAF4C61DDCC5E8A2DABEDE 0F3B482CD9AEA9434D So this is the hashed version of the word hello. Note that if you were to change the message even slightly, for example if you wrote hello with capital H, the final result would be completely different. There is a link to try Shaban for yourself. This is why no one can change the information recorded on the blockchain. If you were to change even one character, the hash would be different. And the hash of each block is also connected to the hash of the next block. Because each new block that gets added to the blockchain has the hash of the previous one recorded in it. So if someone wanted to hack the blockchain to change some information in a block, they would also have to change every block that has come after it on every node simultaneously, which is near impossible. Let's say that I received some money on the blockchain and now I want to make it seem like I received double the actual amount. Let's assume that this transaction was recorded on block number 1000 and now the blockchain is at block number 1500. If I wanted to change the data, I would have to change block 1000 and every block that has come after it. Because changing block 1000 would change its hash. Then I would have to put in the new hash in block 1001 which would change its hash and so on. Hashing functions have a lot of other uses too. For example, every website that has a HTTPS at the beginning of its URL or address uses a type of hashing to keep your data secure. You probably get the gist now. Blockchain uses different types of cryptography or encryption with keys and hashing to make everything safer.
These cryptographic functions are exactly how you get security, immutability, and both anonymity and transparency at the same time. It is a remarkable thing and precisely why some institutions and people hate this technology and everything that comes with it, like cryptocurrencies. Let's recap. Blockchain is a digital ledger or database, a new way of keeping records. The content of this ledger is encrypted by using a hashing algorithm, and every user has a public key for encrypting and a private key for decrypting messages and transactions. There is also a P2P network of computers consisting of several nodes that runs the blockchain. Each node has a copy of the ledger and it participates in all the tasks needed to keep the blockchain going. None of the participants or anyone else can change the data written in the ledger because of the way it's encrypted. This means the whole network is immutable and hacking it is much harder than any other server or centralized system. Our blockchain definition is getting more understandable, right? Why is it called blockchain and not something else? With the ledger, we had pages of information and with the blockchain, we have blocks. Each block has a certain amount of data, usually about transactions in it, and once it's full, it gets linked to the previous block. So we have blocks that are linked together in a chronological order. This is why it's called the blockchain. An example to make things more clear. Let's say that I want to send you some money in the form of a cryptocurrency using a blockchain. I use your public key to determine the destination of my funds and my private key to show the network that I have control of said funds. After the transaction is confirmed by the network of computers that run this blockchain, it gets recorded on a block. Once the new block is at full capacity, it gets linked to the previous block. And now you and I and everyone else can see this transaction forever. But only you and I know our encrypted identities on this blockchain. So everyone else just sees our address or public key and the transaction without knowing our identities. And after you receive the money, you can use your private key to spend it. And the cycle continues. In other words, my money or its representation on the blockchain is encrypted at first and I use my private key to decrypt it. Then I use your public key to encrypt it again in a way that only you can decrypt and use it. An important note. There are blockchains that are not distributed. These are centralized blockchains running on a main server. There are also blockchains that do a lot more than just allowing people to send money in different currencies to each other. But what we've talked about here is a basic definition of the blockchain which was popularized by the rise of Bitcoin. Bitcoin runs on a blockchain like the one we've described here. So I hope that this was a nice first step in understanding this technology. But you should be aware that it's not limited to what we've talked about here, and there are other variations. This post in the blog goes on, but I'm gonna keep the rest of it for another episode of the podcast, because I think we've gone long enough for this one. 
So till then, if you like our content, don't forget to leave a nice review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also find Guy with the Wallet on social media. That's it for this episode. Till the next one, Ahmed out.